Their name is Takeout. Zombie Takeout. You're kidding me. I guess not. Welcome to episode 495 of Zombie, Zombie Takeout, Take the B-Movie and Cult Movie Show. I'm John. And hello, I'm Scotto. And without any further ado, on to this week's movie, which is from 2016, Batman the Killing Joke. This is our Kevin Conroy tribute. I promise most of DC's animated stuff is really good. <laughs> it's, it's been a while since I've seen one. This was like the first... Uh thing i've watched in a very long time i love most of their animated stuff but and this was really heavily anticipated but oh oh yeah of course and of course that brings us to the impromptu plot summary sponsored by movie adaptations maybe we just don't anymore and also brought to you by arkham asylum for the criminal you want to put away but not for a very long time all right so um Wow. (laughs) The plot to this one. You know, I've read the graphic novel, Mm -hmm. and I can't remember if it was quite like this. They made a lot um, of changes, particularly the worst parts were were changes. We begin with what looks like a Batgirl story. It's, uh, she's narrating it, she's telling us about before the horror began and stuff, and, uh, and, uh, for a while, I felt like I was—I might have been watching the wrong movie because <laughs> th- there was no Joker. <laughs> Instead, there's this guy named, and um, uh, you cannot make this up, mm-hmm. Paris France. Well, they made it up. But... <laughs> they, they did make it up, and they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's this, uh, you know, kind of edgy guy who's going to, he's going to, sh- school the uh the godfather of the outfit he's in who is his uncle a lot about this movie was edgy (laughs) uh so he um he's doing some work for his uncle but then he just suddenly um hacks the accounts of his uncle and pretty much steals everything the uncle owns and um doesn't take care of the uncle which Hmm. never mind i'll just do the plot summary he uh, so rather than take care of him he just leaves him poor and then uh of course his uncle sends guys after him and uh in the middle of all this of course they uh he has run-ins with uh batman and batgirl who are Hmm. who batman is training to uh, join him, or I guess replace Robin. Hmm. There's no mention of Robin. I don't know if he exists in this universe. My guess is this is after Death in the Family. Ah, possibly, yes. And Because, I mean, they, they kind of did a series of these mm-hmm. around the teens. Um, yeah, Killing Joke, Death in the Family, the, the Red Hood. Oh, the, I think the... I've seen Red Hood. It was good. Oh, yeah? The Red Hood movie was good. It was one of the first DC animated I've saw, I saw. And uh, so it, he kind of develops a thing for Batgirl and uh, he taunts her and, and you know, 
he, he gets under her skin and that's when Batman says uh, you cannot you, you have to take yourself out of this because he, he has a thing for you and this is just too dangerous and you need to just stop this apparently Batman now, was like three days from retirement yeah he was getting too old for this shit <laughs> I'm really surprised no one used that line in this yeah, yeah. because it really sounded like <laughs> they were getting too old for this shit. <laughs> um, more on that later, though. Um, so they they foil, they, they, they capture him and, and send him probably to the same goddamn asylum they send everybody else to because <laughs> nobody goes to regular jail. And uh, as they are... Uh, Batgirl decides that she's had it, you know, this was just she now understands how intense and lonely this gets and just, this isn't her life for her so she decides she's gonna go legit, but just when she thinks she's out that's when the Joker uh, shows up mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much just um, well shoots her, takes everybody's clothes off for some reason <laughs> sets up a weird um, carnival or whatever in fairness and, uh, to the movie at least they didn't really get into that part of it because the book from what i recall really does oh yeah oh totally the, yeah the, the movie just really... kind of hints at what happened there yeah they i think there was I remember when they were doing this, there was a lot of controversy surrounding that and a lot of people not wanting to see them go mm-hmm. a- as far as the book did. Yeah. And uh, they still went, they went far enough. I mean, well, I guess we can get on that in a bit. I yeah. can wrap this up. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure entirely what the carnival's plan was, of course, other than to be a ridiculous trap for Batman to come. And of course, uh, try to break Commissioner Gordon, and uh, th- which of course you really can't do with just a night's worth of torture. <laughs> you know, no one's <laughs> gonna break that quickly. <laughs> but they, especially the police like, commissioner in a major city where there are superheroes and supervillains. Right. So it feels like he just had Gordon for a few hours, and lo and behold, he did not break him. And then uh, Batman came and did not fall into the trap, mm-hmm. and hilarity ensues. Joker typically has one of two plot plans. Something to make a ridiculous amount of money, which is yeah. typically successful. Right. And one's to prove that Batman is just as insane as he is, which is typically unsuccessful. Although, if you look at Bruce Wayne from a psychological perspective, the Joker is clearly right. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I mean, why why would you dress? They're both dressing in costumes, <laughs> and this implies that uh, Bruce was doing this before the Joker was the Joker, which right. doesn't really go with the original uh, canon. Yeah. Yeah. The canon, I think, had the Joker as the older person mm. than Batman. And I picked this one because it was heavily anticipated back in the day for good and right. bad reasons, and the, the book is widely acclaimed we didn't get any Bruce Wayne uh, we had a little bit of him and you know I'm not familiar with Conroy's work, later work like this of course I remember the mm-hmm. 90's Conroy yeah. and Conroy, it still works Conroy is my Batman yeah um, he's he was brilliant in the role 
I wish we had had more Bruce because he really does draw a great distinction between the two. I, you know, he's, um, that's true. We had no Bruce Wayne in this. You're right. That's so weird. Mm. I don't remember if there was a Bruce Wayne in the book. I probably should have reread the book before doing this. But that opening monologue (laughs) from Barbara, way too contrived. Yeah. Especially when we don't get an ending for her. We kind of do. We get a post-credit I Smell sequel kind of thing. Oh, I must have skipped that. Yeah. It's not much. It's just she's setting up shop. Okay. To track, to start tracking villains herself. So they do set her up as Oracle, technically. Yeah. It's it's still... It, they, they pretty much just take her out of the story and use her... Mm-hmm. Uh, objectify her and, yeah. and use her for, you know... Mm-hmm. The, the, the plot kind of I did like when she was investigating the thieves we do get some hints of Oracle there alright um, the bit where she's just disobeying Batman another cliche in the film the teenager disobeying their parents yeah they go through this with Robin I don't know how many times too you know the, the, taking her off the case it's all just one cliche after another it really didn't make any sense mm-hmm. I mean wasn't it better for her to be within his sight yeah. rather than just right. putting her off on her own. When you know she's just going to go pulling and around. Right, it really showed that Batman has no idea about human psyche. No, and yet he's the world's greatest detective. <laughs> he's just this dumb meathead. And, I mean, I'm not super familiar with the book, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Robin has done that a number of times, done that end around. Yeah, I don't think robin was in the in the book either no but i'm saying I, I can... in other stories robin yeah. he took robin off the case and robin did the end around oh definitely yeah so of we course. should have seen it coming happens um, all the time the hit on the boat was really nicely animated loved that um, <laughs> the a bit uh expensive uh way to shake your assailants yeah, by yeah. blowing up a yacht with, <laughs> with pretty much all the money on it too i think <laughs> and Okay, Barbara's being trained. She's already a superhero, effectively. And yeah. yet she was seduced by this criminal into a scavenger hunt. Yeah. Doesn't make her look very smart. And th- this is the first problem with this. First major problem with this is this whole Paris France story. Okay, it, that wasn't my first major problem, but we're getting there. It Well, it's kind of like they took two episodes that were separate from each other uh-huh. and mushed them into a movie right because i mean why would you have two heavies you know yeah the whole paris france thing seemed like fluff in the beginning of the film to it totally was padded out until we got the joker story right and the Joker story just comes from out of nowhere you know it's mm-hmm. like we're working on this thing you're thinking like what was Paris Franz, you know, teaming up with the Joker? Was that him in prison? You know, were they together? But, you know, I don't know. It's just like he disappears after being this major plot point in the Mm -hmm. story. And then all of a sudden he's just, well, we're done with him. (laughs) For a while, I thought the backstory was actually a side story with the guy who was impersonating the Joker in that one scene. Yeah. 
that turns out it was possibly the Joker's backstory, although they're always very cagey about that. Yeah, although how many times have we heard the Joker origin story at this point? Well, there are multiple variations. They've never there's no canonical Joker backstory. But how Um, how many ways can you fall into a vat of chemicals? Well, that's actually only one backstory they've given him. Yeah. Because the Joker is sort of outside of the stories. He's super sane. He's aware that he is a comic book character. Oh, okay. Um, That's part of his genius. So they've never really officially nailed down his background. Um, On another positive note, in terms of animation, I liked Barbara fighting her way out of the mansion. It was kind of old boy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like, why is she taking the elevator? Who takes the elevator? And then, of course, the elevator door opens up. Mm. Oh, Batman takes the elevator. (laughs) And then we get to my first big issue with the film. Bats and Barbara fuck. <laughs> ah, well, it just felt icky. I mean, yeah, can't can't blame it though. I mean, <laughs> isn't the whole point that he's like a father figure? <laughs> yeah, but you know. And I mean, even with the exception of year one and any, everything about his origins, in the typical Batman story, he's like 40. Yeah. You know, he's a middle-aged superhero. That's kind of his gig. And she's yeah, like yeah. early 20s, maybe. Yeah, she's like college but... age. Uh, well, he also does the millionaire playboy thing, too, you know, which I'm sure. Fair. And involves the age difference that's a fair point just weird that it happened as batman (laughs) he has i mean and and this is in many stories he has fucked catwoman in the costume that's a thing yeah that is absolute canon he has a sexual relationship an ongoing sexual relationship with catwoman but it was like he he effectively fucked his niece pretty much yeah, yeah, that was weird. And then there's one brief scene where she said it was just sex, and she kind of rants about how it doesn't have to mean anything. Apparently, that was the first time. Although and... on the websites I see, they usually say not his niece. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of their relationship. <laughs> well, right, right. Just not his, not his yeah. son, not you're, his you're, daughter. You're absolutely right that the age difference wouldn't have mattered to him because like Playboy. I forgot that part. Yeah, but the relationship there, he is very much an a vuncular figure. He has known for her, her since she was, you yes. know, a little kid, which uh, you know brings you to Woody Allen territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much, very much. Um, which I mean, now that Conroy's passed, I mean, they could go to him as the next voice of Batman. <laughs> It would be like doing a queer version of Batman, which I would be cool with, but then having him fuck Robin. Oh, man. Have, like, uh, the dude Carson from uh, Queer Eye. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You know, you just don't go there. Um, Tara Strong can do better. The voice actor um, who played uh, Barbara, a legend in, as among voice actors. Why did she yeah. do this? Um, 
she was solid. I mean, oh yeah, the, she's amazing. Um, Mark Hamill, on the other hand, kind of showing his age here. Um, a little bit of trivia since you bring up Hamill. In 2011, during SDCC, Mark Hamill, who wanted to quit playing Joker at the time, stated that he would be willing to voice Joker for an adaptation of Killing Joke, encouraging fans to campaign for said adaptation. So this is his fault, because he wanted yeah. a swan song. And, and really, you can, you can tell. His, he, just, he just doesn't have it anymore at this point. But it's and, still and... fun, because he had a blast playing Joker. Oh, of course, no doubt. He was the best Joker mm-hmm. you're you're gonna ever hear. But uh, this needed peak manic Joker. Oh yeah, yeah. And he he clearly wasn't able to deliver it at this point. You know, especially just... like the song and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just fucking insane. The musical number brought it a brain for me. Same here. But <laughs> but instead, it's just kind of like they're both just going. We're getting too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just love how Joker revived his career. Oh. <laughs> Luke Skywalker ruined his career. He decided to go into voice acting, got cast as the Joker, and it just it gave him a renaissance. And I love that. Yeah. And the cock knocker, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Kept uh, a cock knocker. Now, after Barbara's shot and disabled... The doctor says she'll never walk again. The night she's shot. Uh, he makes the world's fastest diagnosis, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's almost like a couple pinpricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll never walk again. <laughs> Walks out. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wow, medical practices in Gotham suck. <laughs> Narrative convenience. That's... That should have been our title for this episode. Narrative oh, convenience. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's it. Uh, I dug the... There was a, a reference to the 89 Burton movie mm-hmm. with the, the picture of the Joker sitting in the beach chair. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a poster I had back in the day. Oh, wow. Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they did like... When they did like the, you know, the different pictures of the Joker on the screen, that was definitely one of them. And that whole origin story... Which is in the book. Seems so, so crowbarred in. Mm. And the whole point of it in the book is the Joker ultimately says he, he doesn't know if that's true or not. Oh. It's kind of that misdirection with his backstory. You don't know where he came from. Yeah. I loved the musical number, the, the whole, you know, carnival thing. Very <laughs> much reminded me of a Satoshi Kon film called Paprika. Don't love the story of that film. But it is visually stunning. Now, the carnival is very... That, that of course, you never forget that from the graphic novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very much like the graphic novel in, in all aspects. The removal of clothing and just, like, mm-hmm. all that stuff was in the book. But they uh, remained pretty true to mm-hmm. in that aspect. When did Gordon see the photo of Barbara? In the book or in this? Because in, in this, it was like, it was in like the ghost tunnel kind of thing. It, okay, it was in the carnival. Okay, I missed it. Yeah. Huh. And they, they just kind of had pictures, like, huh. you could see like body pictures up close kind of thing, you know, not right. revealing anything. But it's still like, he took her clothes off, took huh. pictures of her, right. and just showed them like, 
you know, to her mm-hmm. father. Right. Now, really, that, wouldn't that just piss him off, honestly? Okay. There are people who would break from that. But a cop in Gotham is not going to... The head cop in Gotham is not going to break from that for that because of that. He has seen some shit. I think most people would just be pissed off, even if they weren't a cop. You know? Yeah, I mean, there are some people who would break. A cop, particularly the head cop in Gotham, the shit he has seen in that city, that's just going to make him kick the Joker's ass. Right. You know, it's the whole, you know, you guys look the other way. We're going to take care of this guy out back. You know, it has nothing to do with breaking somebody or driving somebody crazy. You're just pissing them off. And and this has been a thing in many, many stories. This whole idea of the Joker having to prove to Batman that they're equally crazy. It just doesn't make sense when he's a criminal. Yeah. You know, he he's a genius. He he can get all these massive scores. Why not just be happy with that? Right. Why be obsessed with Batman? Well, I think they were implying that Batman, in this one at least, that Batman had something to do with him becoming the Joker. Well, yeah. Um, Which in is that... not necessarily always the case. Right, right. Um, they were afraid of Batman, so they ran for it. And he ended up in the chemical. Tripping on the cape and going into the chemicals. Yeah. Um, I did like the line, if I'm going to have a past, I'd prefer it to be multiple choice. <laughs> and I liked how they explained Joker's outlook. About how, you know, everything is so insane, it, it all just has to be a comedy. Right. Uh, and, you know, this, taking that whole degree of, like, he's the comedian still, mm. uh, Although the two of them laughing at the joke at the end was just... Uh... Bat- the sound of Batman's laughter might be more chilling than the Joker's even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd ever heard Batman laugh before. Yeah. And just the whole, like, ah, we're just going to talk this out kind of thing after all he'd done. Which yeah. just like, now this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk about something crazy, it's this homicidal maniac who has done these horrible things... And you just, you know, I'm just going to take Osama bin Laden out and have a beer with him kind of thing. Well, I think what they were trying to do was say that, yes, that Batman is just as crazy as Joker. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is the conclusion in the end. That they're just uh, hanging out and talking, you know, having a heart to heart. Mm. And, you know, they set Barbara up at the beginning. Apparently they gave her this post credit scene, but it really should have been more of like, you know, she's going to be okay. She literally just disappears mm-hmm. from the story. After she they, shot, after the doctor says she'll never walk again, you never see her again. Right. She's, she's gone. And it's like, they, they set it up like she's, it's her story mm-hmm. and she's narrating it. And, and instead she's just literally a prop to, yeah. you know, torture Gordon and to enrage Batman. She's literally the damsel in distress. Not even. She's just an object, a thing, you know? Yeah, true, true. Here's some pictures of her, you know? Yeah, good point, good point. So even though they took the rape out, which they, I believe they implied in the book that, mm-hmm. that yeah. the Joker rapes her yeah. and then films it, or, you know, t- and then shows it to Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also thought the, bu- the, the book, it was more much more 
of a psychological breakdown for Gordon to, you know, just be like on exhibit and stuff uh, as an animal for longer. They kind of worked it here, but it just didn't seem like that was the emphasis almost. Should mention that the book was written by Alan Moore, who is a brilliant writer, but a was bit he of an edge writer? It was him, yeah. He wrote the book, a bit of an edge lord. Yeah. No points to sequels and remakes because it's a Batman story. There will always be sequels and remakes. <laughs> Underbrains? Underbrains. The um, musical bought a, a brain uh, overall. Mm. So th- I'm going three. I'm three as well. Uh, right. It's a two brain movie, but you know, the, just skip it to the Joker part. Uh, the whole Paris France thing is just dumb. And, uh, but you, you do get some major Joker. It's just a shame. Hamill's voice wasn't up there to, uh, deliver it. And what have we learned? Batman with a cup of coffee looks kind of funny. <laughs> And I learned that some stories really don't age well. Because even the stuff that was in the book is still... Eh. Yeah. Yeah, was. Some things just need to be left in the past. <laughs> and that's it for Batman the Killing Joke. Until next time, we will be doing a, an episode on Thanksgiving week because we need to make sure we get to four ninety nine by the end of the year. So next week, we'll, we will be reviewing Repo the Genetic Opera. You may have noticed this episode came out on Friday instead of Thursday. That's going to be a thing for a while because I just got a new job and my hours are... Well, I can't stay up to 3 a.m. editing anymore. (laughs) Nor should you. And so, until next time, always remember never forget, wherever you go in life, there you are. There you are.